Welcome to Holy Trinity Catholic Church from Beaverton, Oregon. When I was studying for the priesthood, I went to Morelia, Mexico. It was wonderful. I finally was actually able to hablar espanol. <laughs> With a very gringo accent, I must tell you. So, talking to any Spanish speaker, they're like, oh boy. But beyond learning Spanish, I was profoundly impressed with the culture that I encountered. And it was very different than the culture of the United States that I had been brought into. I saw that people were dedicated not to wealth, fame, power, and pleasure, like often in the United States, but around their faith in God and their relationships with each other. I was taken back, additionally, by how joy-filled they were. I think we have this illusion that the more we have, the more happy we'll be, when I actually have then seen just the opposite. And the poorer sections of Moralia that I visited, the happier they were. Very confusing, if you can imagine. I was confounded. But I started to recognize how materialistic I was. And I started asking this question. Whom am I serving? And it is the question I'd like to offer through the scriptures today. There's lots of things we can hit about this dishonored, dishonest steward. But the one about whom do we serve is one I'd like us all to think about. Now, some folks will say, I serve nobody. My response now is, yeah, really? I've come to realize we all serve somebody or something. And if it's not God, then who or what is it? We heard in the scriptures, you cannot serve both God and mammon. The word mammon more directly uh, translated as money, but it could be other things, fill in the blank. The point is that we can only have one master in our life at one time. In fact, if we try to have two, then it's a double bind. It's an ethical dilemma, additionally to it being immoral. So, this is my question again. Just think about it. Whom do you serve? And while sitting in this church, you might say, God, of course. I'm like, ding, 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 ding. Yes, that's the right answer. But is that really the case for us all? I'm going to be the first one to say, no, not in my case. I don't always serve God. He's not always my master. Sometimes I serve myself. I'm not bragging about this. This is not okay. This is my fallen nature. So how can we know? How, what evaluation can we make? Well, here's three things. How about look at your bank statements. See what they reveal. Or examine how you spend your time every day. 
Or third, review what preoccupies your thinking most of the day. And these things will help reveal whom we serve or what we serve. Now, it is worthy to note that the dishonest steward in the gospel moved his energies from squandering money to building up relationships. And while the man was still calculating, he was prudent in order to make his situation better in a worldly sense. Was his heart changed? Eh, probably not. He just recalculated to something different. But he did do a gut check. He saw his behavior. He saw it was going to make him homeless. And he did something about it. That was being prudent in a worldly way. As Christians, we are to serve one true master, who is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. The second person of the Blessed Trinity, God Almighty. And he wants us to live for him. He wants us to have life in the full or abundance. And we know this from the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 10. I've come that you may have life and life in abundance. But again, and I want that. But I ask myself, is that always the case for me? I need to seek out fixing that, too. So our culture, though, it lifts up these goals, the pursuit of wealth, fame, power, and pleasure. And each are not necessarily bad in themselves. They can be used for great good. But if they're sought for their own sake, we are in effect kicking out God as the master of our life and have built up an idol about any one of these things. And these goals, if that is what is our goal, will never satisfy they can't. They were never meant to. We will try to satiate ourselves, and it won't happen. In fact, this is what commonly we see in addiction cycles. We strive for something. It satisfies for a while. We come back to it. It's not enough, and we have to do more. And it, gets, and it tears us to pieces. So let us take an assessment of ourselves. Whom do we serve? And what does our life reveal about that question and our answer? And where our priorities have gone wrong, I beg you to seek out the sacrament of confession, reconciliation. I promise you that getting sin out of the way can empower you to make the changes needed. I've seen miracles in the sacrament of confession in my own life as a penitent. And I've been blessed to be a confessor when people walk in afraid, stuttering, forgetful, afraid, and floating out full of joy. And I ask myself, they just confess this thing. I've got that same thing. Do I have the guts to confess it to God? And maybe you haven't gotten there yet for yourself. But so here's an idea. Here's how to warm up to the sacrament of confession. 
do an examination of conscience every night before you go to bed. Or even if you're horizontal already <laughs> in the bed. Review all the good things that God has placed in your life, all the wonderful things that happen, and thank Him first. Then bring to God those sins, those bad habits that found themselves in your day, or those, those acts of lack of charity, either upon yourself or others. Or wherever you do not put God first. One of those idols. And then tell God and ask God, I should say, for forgiveness. And use your own words. You don't have to be, Thou art Lord, and thine sin doth harm you. You know, whatever. Like, like oh my God, help me. I've screwed up. I made a mess of this thing. I am so ashamed. Whatever's your words. Que es su palabra? Si es en español, or if it's in Aleman, if it's in Tagalog, I don't know. God knows all those languages, you know. See, when we do this, then it'll be revealed to us, I believe, what those big things are that you do need to go to confession in the sacrament for to really have an outpouring that's powerful. And by the way, you might want to write them down because when you walk in the confessional, I do this on my phone. I delete it afterwards, but you know. Because <laughs> they're not there anymore, right? Write them, write them out on my phone, walk in, and I make sure I've, make sure I've got them in there. So we don't want to walk away like, oh, I forgot this thing, right? So let the steward, the, the dishonest steward in the parable today remind us to always be ready to change our minds and reprioritize our lives. And allow others to do the same, right? Because there's people that are in the same journey as us and they may have made a change, but we're stuck with them in the past. I remember when you did this. I'll never let you out of that. I'll always remember that. How about give them a chance? We're giving ourselves a chance. We can change. So could they. Miracles can happen. As Christians, then this, this means putting God first, whom we should serve. And when we get this right, many things will fall into their, their rightful places. Thank you for joining us. You can learn more on our parish website at h-t.org. We hope that you will subscribe to our YouTube channel or try and join us for Mass if you're local. Again, all the information will be on h-t.org.